Abandon all prejudices, all ye who enter here. Park your paradigms, perk up your ears, and open your mind as we now shine the laser light of reason on the topic of peeking into our possible financial future. Hello, I'm David Bolton, and welcome to my podcast channel dedicated to helping people think more clearly, make sounder judgments, avoid superficiality, and above all, to unceasingly question instead of naively accepting what others want us to believe, for this is the path of Socrates. My friend Michelangelo, you're there anxiously awaiting me in New York City? I certainly am, David. It's uh, (laughs) the end of a yet another day here in Manhattan. uh, How are things going uh, there this week? Oh, good. I I can't really uh, think of anything majorly earth-shattering here locally. Um, And Mary Elizabeth and I are getting ready to flee the coop on March 4th and head south to the free state of Florida. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a bit of a vacation and teach a seminar. Free at last, free at last. It's kind of uh, that's right. It's kind of I'm like hoping. the Underground Railroad in reverse. It's going direction yeah. wise. Well, I mean, you know, the uh, the U.S. Freedom Convoy is supposed to arrive in the D.C. area on uh, March the first to coincide with the State of the Union address. I'm hoping that we're well, you know, that we miss it. I think we will. Um, <laughs> well, it should be. Yeah, what can you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they'll block the southbound route, you know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I, no, I don't think so, no. Yeah. Uh, well, you never know what's going to happen these days, really, or, or these years. No, no, no idea. no idea. But now we want to peek into our possible financial future. We're talking about the whole world here, really, not just yeah. certain individuals. Uh, and you had mentioned before we started talking yeah. today officially – about some woman named Leslie. What was her name? Maybe you could. Leslie Manukian. She is a Manukian, former. Okay. Trying to think. She. Uh, she, was, she was basically, you know, involved in in the top level uh, financial stuff. Worked for investment banks or some, or some Fortune 500 company. But yeah. she has since started a, a health uh, a health fund of some kind or another. I can't remember specifically. And she's been talking to Reiner Fulmich, uh off and on and. Uh, I watched and some tell, of the, test- tell the listeners who Rainer Fulmich is. I know it, but some might. Well, Rainer Fulmich is this highly accomplished German lawyer who also is licensed in California, who, as you know, David, has won some major class action lawsuits in the past against big corporations like Volkswagen and others, yeah. who really, I think, of his own volition, uh, probably a year and a half ago, decided that he was going to attempt to launch a class action lawsuit against the German government for the Drusten PCR test fraud. Yes. And he's been assembling a a team of attorneys from around the world and has interviewed, I don't know, maybe hundreds or even thousands of scientists from around the world about this COVID fraud with the, uh, you know, intention of launching this course. He's since found that all of the courts in Europe are completely corrupt and that none of them will take the case. He, he made an announcement about that about a week or so ago. So what he has done now with his team is he has taken the trial, for want of a better term, public in something that they're referring to as the court of public opinion. And they've yes. now released five videos, quite lengthy videos, which are presenting this case painstakingly assembled from, you know, all these people that have they've received depositions from. And many of us, of course, have seen some of those interviews along the way. Yeah. 
and uh, they're now presenting it to the whole world for their delectation. The idea, of course, of using the grand jury format is that the audience is the public, and the public are the ones who can then bring forth an indictment. Um, yes, so, and uh, I saw it explained that this is not something, you know, like some kind of funny court that's just almost a joke, you know, because it's not an official court. But the purpose is that if people then want to start their own lawsuits, maybe class action lawsuits, say in some American yeah. city, they can yeah. use what's presented there as evidence. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Because there are great experts there and, and they can say, hey, look, here's evidence. And I thought that yeah. was a pretty clever idea then for them to do. The fact that all the courts have rejected in, in Germany, France, wherever, I don't yeah. see that as that all the courts are corrupt necessarily. Well, but that's what he said. He said that. That's, that's what he says. And I understand yeah. why he would say that. I don't think yeah. it's that. Well, first of all, other suits related to those things are still you know, heading towards the courts. But I think there's yeah. a reason why the why certain powers don't want the courts to deal with that, and it's not really necessarily <laughs> just the bad guys. Yeah. Because when this goes to a real court, it's okay. <laughs> parallel election fraud. Yeah. If the Supreme Court had taken up, had recognized the standing of Texas and that group of other states as well, this would have been first of all the greatest Supreme Court. Uh, case in all of American history. But the evidence, the weight of the evidence would have been such they, that they would almost certainly have come to the conclusion uh, there was massive election fraud because there was. But in that case, that probably would have meant the breaking out of civil war in America. And so therefore, certain powers told them, do not accept this case. We have another plan. And I think that's the same thing with Frumich. Now I'm going down a certain rabbit hole, but it's a rabbit hole that's uh, pretty well fortified. Like, you know, it's kind of like a mine that has really good, you know, wooden structures there. So it's not going to cave in, you know, that sort of rabbit hole. <laughs> but I just wanted to, sure. to mention that. Uh, and yet people should watch Rainer Fumich. I've only watched one of the videos to now. I was totally impressed. I think it was with no, Dr. What was his name? Uh, uh, Brian Artis. Is that his name? Yeah, Brian Artis. Yeah, that yeah. that one in which he talked about the fact that um, in both the UK and the US and certainly probably everywhere else on the planet yeah. that... Uh, Certain drugs that were basically known to be injurious to people's health were the only ones approved to treat "quote unquote" COVID cases in the right. hospital. Right. Oh yeah, right, right. Well, we'll let yeah. people go into that, and we talk about that cells another time. I saw an interesting table about that: how much hospitals in each state were receiving for COVID patients. Oh yeah. So some article. <laughs> wow, that's. But what, yeah, to get back to the financial future here, and this was Leslie Manukian, I think you said her name was. Leslie Manukian, yeah. Manukian, yeah. yeah. So what does she say about the the possible financial future? She being an expert mm -hmm. in financial things. Okay, so um, I'll just apologize in advance, David. I mean, I did listen to the video, but I didn't take notes. Um, and uh, but she echoed a lot of things that I've heard from various sources, you know, in the last year or so. And yes. basically, the upshot is that the financial system as it exists today has been untenable for a very, very long time. And it, it things really started to come to a head after the global financial crisis in 2008, 2009. And again, I, I, I can't pretend to have studied any of this. But it, in you know words of one syllable, Leslie basically said that global powers and those who are pulling the strings behind them have basically bankrupted the economy worldwide. That the level of debt is so 
crushingly huge at this point, and and probably much of it, you know, quite deliberate. Uh, yeah. That there's simply no way that these governments and these institutions can ever get out from under this debt. I mean, I think she said something rather that prior to the last decade or so, that the U.S. debt was, you know, maybe only a you know a trillion dollars, but it's now thirty trillion dollars. Yes. And I mean, you know, and as said, these these numbers, you know, they're like. The, the stuff of fantasy, really, but you know, the, the debt supposedly exists, and this is echoed in the EU and probably the UK. And you know, well, I heard an like alarming that. statistic the, about a week ago uh, yeah. that that 80% of the US dollars in circulation now were printed in the last two years. 80% yeah, of the that. dollars, yeah. yeah, I told you, I think, sometime or yeah, another, yeah. 80% of the dollars printed in the last two years. So if you think about that, uh, I mean, this means, you know, a tsunami of inflation is heading our way. It's already started, but what we see now is nothing compared to what's going to come. Yeah. And that's virtually inevitable. Sorry, this is an attempt, I think, at least on one level, to shore up the fact that there there is no, you know, uh, revenue that, you know, so what do they do? They just print up this money that has no no anchoring in anything real, you know, and they, you know, shove it into the economy and people think, oh, look, there's all this money. Great. You know, where, where's it all Yes, the from? irony oh, is that people are so stupid in this respect. I remember talking about eight, nine years ago to somebody, a very intelligent man. I mean, he's yeah. really quite intelligent. I mean, no doubt uh, IQ considerably over the average. But he said one time, you know, they should really just, you know, the government should just give us money every month so we can live. Then we could follow our hobbies and do things. I said, well, you know, how, how's this supposed to work? Who's going to be working in the shops? Who's going to be working? Who's going to be producing? Who's going to be working in the factories? The entire economy would fall apart. And where's this money going to come from? He said, well, we can just print more. He had no idea. I mean, really, a person who's so intelligent, almost genius level, maybe genius level in certain areas, was like totally retarded in the area of finance, because very obviously, when they start printing money, introducing inflation, all the money people have saved lose value. It's like theft from the people. Yeah, It's so obvious that it's like that. And yet you have even some highly intelligent people have no idea. You know, it's not everybody's thing. You know, I mean, I I have to be honest. uh, We talked about this before we went on the air. I've never had money. Probably because I'm not really interested in money. You know, I'm an, yeah. I was an art. I was an artist. Of and, course. You know, yeah. Tell and, me about uh, it. I know what that's like. Yeah. You know, you know poor and, musician. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just wasn't interested in it. You know, uh, and uh, but uh, you know, I'm sufficiently intelligent and discerning to recognize that when I hear this story from a variety of different places, um, you know, certainly Catherine Austin Fitz has also talked about it. Uh, oh yes, boy, those things are scary that she does those talks. Yeah, because yeah. it's so and, well founded. She's such an expert. You think, oh my God, what are what are we heading towards? Yeah, yeah. And she's well, no I, fanatic. I'm, she's no raving maniac, and that's what makes it scarier. Because this is a very serious person with a very serious curriculum, working for yeah, presidents yeah. even, and telling us terrible things are really heading our way. Yeah. Uh, and Leslie Manukian, I think, is similarly substantial, you know. Uh, and so, as I said, in, in, a, you know, in a nutshell, she basically said that there's simply no way that this current financial paradigm can go on because uh, there's, there's a couple of different kinds of debt, if I can remember. One of them, of course, is pension debt, right? So you have all these people that have paid hundreds of millions, billions of dollars into pension yes. funds worldwide. Mm-hmm. 
and the governments simply don't have the money to provide them with the, the money that they paid into these pension funds. They, well, let me tell you about five years it. ago, yeah. my wife, who's Japanese, here in Japan, yeah. she had to call up the, the pension place because she got a new job and she had organized some things. Yeah. And the woman on the phone who works there at the pension office said, well, you know, the truth is by the time you're 65, the pension fund will have collapsed anyway. This is somebody who works there. Yeah, As a sure. matter of fact, well, of course, that didn't help my wife because, you know, you have to go through certain things. You have a job, you know, get in the pension fund. You have to pay it. Uh, but yeah. the, the, that's that's pretty alarming. If somebody who mm -hmm. works there is saying, well, you know, it's going to collapse anyway. You're not going to get any of this money in the end. Uh but yep. yeah, that's what it is. I've, I've been saying this for a long time. It has to collapse. The yeah. system has to collapse. Uh, yeah. And we've been on this path for decades now, and people haven't been doing what they should to avoid the collapse. Yeah, well, I don't know what the average person could do. I mean, you know. you. Well, I mean, the people voting in politicians like maybe Ron oh, that, Paul. Yeah, that, that's different, yeah. Ron yeah. Paul, went, you know, why was the Fed never audited? He was saying for decades the Fed has to be audited. Well, now we're going to find out why it wasn't audited because the crimes they've committed financially, that's why they weren't oh, audited. Of course it should have been audited. They, we should, there shouldn't even be a Federal Reserve. No, it's just a gigantic money laundering scheme. That's all. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, so you know, and uh, we've been told that by Ron Paul in his books from back in the '80s, he was talking ah, about that. Uh, Why haven't we been listening? Yeah. <laughs> Why haven't many people been listening, at least? Well, because you know, prior to two years ago, I was on the other side of that fence, but I'm, <laughs> I'm on this side now. <laughs> yeah, well, you were. You used to be the progressive, I guess, bleeding heart liberal, whatever, and, yeah, well, and you saw the light. You had your, <laughs> your. Oh, listen, David. You and I have discussed this, but when they. <laughs> put the hammer down on people worldwide i thought what the you know bleeding hell is this this is just so you were a leftist but you weren't a fool that's the way i take no. it if you're not a fool certain things are presented to you, you think hey wait a minute i was on the road hey i've made my mistakes about 9 11 i used to actually believe well it's like they say it's bin laden etc boy i've yeah. woken up there in the in just the oh, last yeah, yeah, no. year or two it's been yeah, more yeah, gradual, no. but nonetheless. Uh, no, I smelled a rat right away with 9/11. Okay, but well, there you go. No, I mean, me. yeah. And and again, as I, I know I've told you, but as a person who who's you know basically healed himself for want of a better term using a completely different medical paradigm than Western allopathic medicine, I was simply not prepared to give credence to this whole notion of a killer virus. It right, just was yeah, yeah. preposterous. I mean, we yeah. we went off to teach our last seminar in the middle of March 2020. We contacted our Chinese herbalist in Chinatown. He said, oh, yes. He said, all the master herbalists in China have put together this formula for, quote, unquote, coronavirus. Yeah. We said, she said, here it is. Take it with you. We've never needed it. Huh. Understand? It's a complete yeah. fraud, all of it. And I, I yeah. saw it very early on, as did Mary Elizabeth. And so... You know, you just say that's when the the you know the scales fell from my eyes, and I started yeah. to think, okay, you've been wrong, you know. And uh, then I started, you know, taking heed to other sources. Admittedly, I'd already, you know, been aware of people like David Ike, and you know, so I, I, I was yeah. aware of some of what he was saying, which has certainly proven to be prophetic, much of it. Oh wow! Yes. Yeah. 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 So. Um, but anyway, yeah. So to so to turn to this notion that this system is untenable. And we're, of course, all participating in it because we don't really have a choice, you know, at least to some extent. I mean, people like us who are independent of corporations for our, for our you know, 
employment and, and our, our income maybe don't have as much uh, of a personal uh, dependence on it, but still we have to work with what we have, you know, we have to use the banks at least for the time being. Yes. So, but it's really, what it is, 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 is she basically said that this has been a gigantic theft of the world's resources by the, the elite. And she related a very interesting anecdote because she said, um, I said, I can't remember precisely in what context she was working with corporate people, but she said, basically, we're working with this corporation. And, you know, the, the thinking is supposed to be that shareholders in a corporation have something to say about what happens with the corporation. So she said, so we would come into these meetings and we would raise some sort of objection to something that, you know, the corporation was doing. And they would say, oh, um, yeah, well, you know, thanks for sharing your opinion, but we're going to just do what we want to do. And so what she realized, of course, was that these people, these, left, I mean, you know, we could talk about Big Pharma, we could talk about, you know, Silicon Valley, whatever they are, that they had absolutely no regard for what they were doing and the impact that it would have on ordinary people. They did not care. All they were concerned yeah. about was more profit. And we've certainly seen that writ large now oh, in yes. the last year with the rollout of these killer bioweapons and the mm -hmm. fact that evidence continues to mount, it keeps breaking through chinks in the, you know, in the stone wall, you know, uh, that is the legacy media. And uh, we're seeing more and more stories, but yet all around the world, and, and certainly, you know, to return to a, a previous topic, the idea that Justin Trudeau, who was just, you know, declared, you know, a de facto dictatorship, you know, totalitarian mm -hmm. dictatorship in Canada, although it still hasn't been ratified by both houses of their, of their parliament yet. Uh, he basically makes, you know, a certain amount of profit off every injection that is administered to his people. Yeah, yeah. So he is as corrupt as anybody we could possibly mention. And it's clear that he has no, no concern whatsoever about how many people die. All he's worried about is how much money he can bring in for his pharmaco masters or Klaus Schwab or whoever is pulling, you know, the strings. Yeah. So this, so this notion that that these people who, you know, let's call them the one percent, let's call them the Illuminati, let's call them whatever, you know, that they are the ones who have rigged this system to their immense benefit. And before she became a, a, a traitor to the cause, you know. Um, the woman who wrote the shock doctrine, whose name escapes me now, would have called this, you know, yet another shock doctrine. They roll out this phony pandemic. They shut down the world. They destroy small and mid-sized businesses. Why? Because, you know, they can't have anything generating income that isn't beholden on them. You know, they terrorize people with, with a phony virus, and then they just take all of the assets, you know, and it's gone into somebody's pocket or a bunch of, of course, people's yeah. pockets. Yeah. And so the system is bankrupt. So they have no choice now but to do one of two things, either, you know, uh, destroy it, which I think is the ultimate plan, or reset it. And, of course, what they'll do is they'll destroy it and then they'll reset it. And as I said to you offline, they'll then dangle in front of us. They'll say, oh, all of your debts are gone. And, uh, you know, you're now going to receive a stipend from the government and you won't have to worry about any of those things. Oh, and by the way, yeah. 
as you know, in the memorable words of Klaus Schwab, you'll own nothing. We're going to take yeah. all of your assets and you will be a serf. And that's, and she talked about that, a, a new feudalism on steroids, right? Where we have, you know, a small and group of, of wealthy, you know, lords and ladies for want of a better term. And everybody else is just, and again, and along with that, of course, is the whole program of genocide, which will reduce and is already very successfully reducing the population uh, so that there won't be as many of us for them to concern themselves with, you know. Of so course. Well, yeah, that has to be from their point of view. Uh, yeah, of course. Of course, has yeah, to be. No, how, you know, sure. how is he going to do it? Overpopulation is, is an immense problem. You and I have discussed it before. And certainly, uh, again, if you'd have said to me, well, what, maybe even five years ago, oh, you know, this a program of eugenics, this is what they're planning. I, at one point, I thought, well, would eugenics be so bad? But the question is, how do you determine who who reproduces and who doesn't? I mean, I know China tried it for many years with just a single child for each couple. Yeah. That's that's one way to do it. Uh, but, but this is much more, you know, uh, malicious and much more malign in, in that they're really seeking to kill off Again, uh, it wasn't Klaus Schwab that said it. It was that guy at all. But, you know, how many billion useless eaters, people that, that are considered to be superfluous and, uh, you know, uh, just taking up space. Yeah, it's always a question, like you said, uh, who decides that? Yeah. Who is going to decide that? And, of course, it's the elite that decide that. And we're supposed That's... to just accept it and think, oh, well, they, they know what's best for humanity. Right? Yeah. And along uh, the line, of course, they're going to they're going to destroy governments as well. You know, they're going to and and systematically deprive people of of liberty, which you know we again whether we we could argue they've already begun that these these COVID restrictions that have been rolled out everywhere. What are they? Nothing more than violations of you know in Canada the Charter Rights of Canadians. So here in the United States, you know, the Bill of Rights. Uh, of course, yeah. In, in UK, but it's also a know. test from their point of view to see just how much people will simply obey. Oh, yeah, and the sure, sad thing is well. they obey to a very large degree, which yeah. I'm sure they figured anyway, because these people are experts in the psychology of the masses, you know, going oh, yeah. back decades, all kinds of CIA experiments and oh, yeah. <laughs> what have you. Yeah. Uh, and they know how sheepish people really are. But at the same time, they, they know the people that would most likely be more difficult to totally dominate. And that's like, you know, America and, and Europe. And so they're the countries, it, it's, you know, they're the areas that have the highest COVID death rate. That's interesting, too. The countries where you think where you'd have the least deaths because of the high level of medical system, they're the ones with the most COVID deaths. That's really well, interesting, isn't it? You know, what's even before this, our, our medical system was a farce, you know, because basically it was a two tiered system where the. Oh, you know, my the God. Wealthy, yeah. Well, I wrote a book about about the, yeah. the cancer industry and the things I learned researching that, oh my God, just totally shocked me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, say, the, the you know, and people, people who are not dependent on that system, you know, who have made, make their own independent choices yeah. about their health. Well, they don't like that sort of thing, yeah. either, you know, because they want you to be, uh, I mean, I'm constantly amazed, you know, neither Mary Elizabeth nor I are on any medications of any kind whatsoever. Oh yeah, yeah, and and you know most people our age are taking pills like they're you know they're going out of style. I mean, if you have high blood pressure, yeah. right? I mean, at one point I think I read that you know the AMA was saying, oh yeah, you can manage that with three different medications. It's like, <laughs> yeah. are you are you kidding me? Yeah, who who would do that? Uh, 
you know, I, I was having a little trouble with blood pressure a couple of years ago. And what I realized was that I'm just, I was at that time somewhat dehydrated. And so as I've upped my water intake, no problem. Oh, look at that. Yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Well, I tend to run hot, you know, uh, uh, because, yeah. uh, I'm Italian, I think, number one, but also <laughs> astrological note, I have the yeah. sun in hard aspect to Mars, and the, the consensus oh, okay. of astrology is that often makes you run hot. Plus, I have sun, uh, Mars in the first, you know, so... Uh, right, yeah. Right, but but just a simple thing like drinking more water, I haven't had any any issues with that in, well, actually, ironically, during this whole freaking phony pandemic. <laughs> hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, now, what does she say? Uh, like, where are we headed exactly? What's it going to look like a year from now, for example, or two years, whatever, or six months or tomorrow? Did she have any? Well, I mean, assuming they're successful. I mean, I, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, yeah, let's assume, first of all, that the, the, the evil ones, I'll call them now, to sum them all yeah. up, uh, yeah. are successful. What are we looking at? Well, I mean, we're looking at... Um, Leaving, leaving aside, again, the, the whole campaign of, of genocide, um, you know, we're looking at the fact that they basically want to take what little people have left in terms of, you know, the, uh, you know, indebtedness is something we all struggle with, right? Yeah. Uh, and again, there's that little, that wonderful carrot to dangle in front of people and say, oh, we'll wipe out all your debt. And won't that be nice that, you know, we, the state, will take care of you. But if if the if the um, the rumblings of it that we've seen worldwide, particularly in China, are any indication, you know, this they will use this then to roll out a you know computerized system of, of social credit scores, you know, where everybody will be um, dependent once again on your 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 meager stipend, whatever that might be. Let's say hypothetically, it's a thousand dollars a month which is meager, you know, certainly, uh, you know, if you do anything that the government, you know, isn't uh, happy with, well, then they'll, they'll deny you access to it, or they'll take it away, or they'll, yeah. you know, reduce it, you know, whatever it is. So, I mean, I think we'd be looking at this, what do they call it, this pan-technicon, you know, this technocratic pan-technicon, where, uh, Every movement would be tracked, you know, and, and again, let's not talk about the fact that it's probably the case that everybody worldwide who has had one of these injections is probably already trackable. Yeah, because they, they most likely have chips in them. Maybe they don't have the special nanotechnology or and maybe they don't have the special other ingredients yeah. when they're killing people. But I venture to guess that every shot, even the saline ones probably have. I was going to ask about uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe not, but I, based on the, the little bit that I've seen, it's like this guy in Canada who's on the plane and everybody on the plane shows up as vaccinated person with a, you know, I forget what the, the code is that they refer to, but yeah. basically it means that they're Bluetooth ready, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a daunting thing. So once you have everybody that, then you use, you know, Elon Musk's, you know, uh, network of satellites to beam 5G at the planet and, connect everybody yeah. up via what they call the internet of what they're calling now the internet of things, but it's going to yeah. be the internet of bodies. Yeah. And, and that's it. You're done private, you know, any kind of private life, any kind of uh, uh, privacy, you know. Uh, and Miss Manukian uh, was saying these things. 
No, she wasn't. I'm extrapolating. But she she was just talking about the fact that most people aren't aware of the fact that this this theft has occurred, and there's there's no way back from it except for these people who are manipulating all of us to what I think they certainly intend to do if we don't stop them by some means or another is they intend to put this in place. You know. So it's going to be a collapse. Uh, if we look at that scenario, you know, the, yeah. the evil ones get their way. It That will also be a collapse, right? I mean, yeah. either, well, in other words, if we divide that scenario, let it fork into two different uh, directions. One would yeah. be that the economy crashes, people are starving to death. Uh, it's, you know, it's zombie apocalypse time. You know, that's yeah. how bleak things will be. The other direction yeah. would be everybody accepts what the new world order wants, and then we get our thousand dollars a month, and we don't own anything, but uh, but we're allowed to go on living and and do whatever the government tells us. Yeah, yeah. Both yeah, of those scenarios are pretty bleak, I would say. Yes, they certainly are. <clears throat> how did she place the probabilities that this is going to happen, and there's no way around it? Did she yeah, say that I, or I, suggest that or yeah, again she was giving testimony to the to the grand jury uh, so oh, I yes, think she yes. was just saying this is this is likely this is the scenario you know? this is the and, likely scenario because Cliff High yeah. uh, thinks this is going to be extremely likely that we're going to have like the, the zombie apocalypse scenario in other words things are going to get really 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 bad it's interesting that Bill Gates bought all that farmland he's like the greatest or the largest farmland owner in, in the world or something like that. And why we want yeah. to do that? Well, to control the food supply. And That's then right. he and others like Klaus Schwab, oh, yes, uh, we're going to do some technology to dim the sun because that will take care of global warming. Yes, it will also take care of billions of people because the, far, the, the food isn't going to grow as well. Yeah. So in other words, yeah. that's a good way to cause famines and kill off billions of people. You oh, dim yeah, the another, sun. That's another plank in the platform. Right, that, uh, uh, exactly. But now, the, what alternatives are there to that? And, and what are the probabilities that the evil ones aren't going to win? Did she talk about well, such a scenario? No, 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 others... no. She was just Thanks. sharing that with, with, the, with the grand jury. Okay. Uh, well, in your view or from things you've heard? Well, look, I mean, what I see happening, um, you know, to, to diverge a little bit to last week's topic, these... This trucker revolt in in Canada, even though it was has been quashed, and and admittedly, you know, what happened as I'm sure you're probably aware is that the truckers, rather than become a patsy for Trudeau's goons, they wouldn't. They you know it was a peaceful protest. That's yeah. why they were there. They were exercising their charter rights to peacefully protest, hoping that the government would would initiate a dialogue. Well, the government didn't. You know, Trudeau is. I think in many ways he's he's basically signed his own death warrant. He just doesn't know it yet. Um, right, that's not, that's what I think too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not necessarily death warrant, but you know, the fact that you know at some point, I think they're going to take him out, you know, of, of power. But um, but you know, they would not play that game. You know, they 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 endured a certain amount of abuse from these thugs, and they said, okay, we're pulling out. We're peacefully withdrawing, and they left. Yeah. Now, uh, Elliot sent me a, a message earlier today via messenger saying that he had heard that they're basically going to regroup elsewhere. And there's a huge protest now in Quebec City. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And there's one at the BC border, which I think hasn't been uh, broken up yet. And there, mm. I think, you know, there may be others. So it's not over yet. And I, I think and that's... And spring very... is, you know, approaching the horizon, isn't it? Now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 
and of course we have this huge trucker convoy now that's supposed to start up in the United States and, and we've talked about. So this is something which I think we discussed is something that I have been waiting to see for two years. Oh, Some as have I. Concerted, concerted pushback. I mean, we've had worldwide protests, which have been, of course, resolutely ignored by the, the legacy media. Some of them have been quite huge. There's a huge crowd apparently still in Canberra, uh, yeah. Australia. And I, I heard something very interesting about New Zealand. Apparently the protest in New Zealand, even though Ardern, of course, would like to pull a Trudeau, you know, because they're cut from the same cloth you yeah. know, and bring, bring the hammer down on her citizens. The head of her police will not cooperate. He huh. believes in he believes that these people are legally entitled to protest. They are free citizens and he is not intervening with their protests. So they're still in place in front of their parliament in Wellington. So that's also very interesting. When we get back to Canada and the police. I yeah. heard some video today, some Canadians said that there are a lot of policemen there now that aren't wearing name tags and don't have cameras because they're not really Canadian policemen. In yeah, other words, yeah. they're shipping in mercenaries. Yeah, could be. I mean, Which uh, is what they did in January 6th in parts. I mean, there was, for example, some Ukrainian guy in the crowd who had been at like riots and things in, uh, in Ukraine yeah. a number of years ago. In other words, these are professional mercenaries that go wherever they're paid yeah. to go and so yeah you there's, could been, have there's been there's been reports of in canada you, beating people um, up and they're really mercenaries from other countries oh yeah no yeah there's i've heard uh you know uh, talk about chinese mercenaries in canada already uh, these well, are, i mean chinese but you can't put a bunch of chinese as policemen because people notice hey look they're all chinese these would probably be from masks. either below the the southern border of america yeah. you know like uh south america whatever or from say ukraine and, and such countries or yeah, Europe, one contingent, Antifa from Europe or whatever, right? Sorry. One contingent of them was wearing gas masks, so who could tell? Oh, okay. Um, oh, there will be the yeah. Chinese probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, but the other thing is that there have been reports of UN planes landing at an airport in North Bay, Ontario, which is in the Ottawa area. Now, the, there's some, oh, yeah. some question as to whether that's these guys or whether maybe that's something else that is supposed to intervene. I, we don't know yet. Um, what about but, the, uh, uh, the the financial side of uh, banks closing in Canada? How many banks have well, closed and how, well, how's that developing now? Well, again, I haven't seen any specifics along with that. But what I can tell you is that um, when Trudeau's decidedly deranged deputy minister or vice minister or whatever the heck she is, um, went on public and said that they were going to start confiscating um you know, people's bank accounts, and they were going to insist that crowdfunding organizations register with their national financial tracking service, yeah. FinTrack. When she made those announcements and they started taking money from truckers and people who had donated to them, then Canadians started going to banks and taking taking their money out. Yeah. And uh, which, again, you know, if we want to be devil's advocate would say oh well that's the plan of course is they want you know they want to crash the bank so what better way than to make people insecure about their money and have them remove it uh and then blame it on uh, them blame it on the people yeah of course yeah Yeah, you know and um i don't know how many banks have have had a problem i i do know that five major bank websites crashed not long thereafter probably because they couldn't take the traffic um, so, but that's about all I can tell you about that. Because, yeah. uh, well, okay. Now 
is there anything else she said that might give people an idea of what the future no, could look like? As I like? said, I think she was just sort of sounding the alarm. Okay, for, for the average citizen, what do these things mean for the average person? For example, okay, you live in America, I live in Japan. For yeah. you, putting all these things together in the financial area, what conclusions would you come to and how might you do things differently in the future based on all of these trends? Well, again, I'm not the, I'm not the one who holds the purse strings, you know, although, you know, it is very much a joint venture. Um, but we've already talked about, you know, remo- as, as I know you have, about removing some of our our uh, cash in the bank and, and converting it into gold yeah. or silver. Um, because, you know, then it, the thing we, we have to, or, I mean, there are a couple of things we have to worry about with banks, of course, is number one, if, if they try to pull the same thing here in the United States, which I think would be a much tougher call, uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, then, you know, everybody's, revenue would be under threat. And so I, I think we would see a lot of the same type of behavior. Uh, It'd be a, the bank rush and, and bank crash then. Yeah, yeah. And again, that may be what's part of the nefarious evil plan, you know. Um, okay, how could this possibly end well, this whole situation? Well, look, this, I mean, whether we like it or not, if, if what these various people have been saying, Catherine Austin Fitz, Leslie Manukian, mm-hmm. many other people, David Icke, you know, I and mean, we can yeah. go down the list. This is a house of cards that's only held up because, uh, you know, people ha- aren't aware it's a house of cards. So it probably in some way has to detonate. And um, beyond that, you know, it, I guess it really depends on who ends up holding the, uh, the strings, you know, if it's the globalists, then we've, we've discussed the scenarios, you know, if it's, you know, we haven't really talked too much about the feasibility of these supposed new economic systems that are to be rolled out at some point, Nisara and Jasara, you know, and I I have to be frank and say, I've only seen the names. I have not researched it. So I don't know what, um, do you think there's anything to to that? Well, maybe you could tell us a little, what well, they mean, yeah, see, I, I not in details, that, but yeah, I don't know that much. But the idea is that the benign agency, let's call them the White Hats, let's call them the Alliance, are really actually the the motivators behind this, not the evil, you know, warlords for yeah. uh, one of a better term, and that they have they have engineered this, uh, what will we call it, financial evolution in which these. New systems, which are entirely equitable, will be installed following, you know, the the crash of the old system, and that supposedly it would be a seamless transition, and that everybody would retain all of their assets, and then, you know, uh, the unicorns would come out, and we would all mount them and gallop around and uh, <laughs> and, eat, and eat cotton candy off trees, and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or, 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 as I said, the helpful aliens will come and take us to a better planet. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah uh, there seems to be a bit of hopium in that whole yeah. Kisara and Nisara uh, scenario. Uh, yeah. Although, on the other hand, uh, I mean, we're, we're in a war now, very obviously. And we have the black oh, no hats question. and the white hats, no the alliance question. and the deep state, however you want to distinguish them, right? Alliance being the good guys, right? Mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe that the alliance that is in this war with with the deep state worldwide 
that they would think, okay, we're going to take down a deep state. And then afterwards, uh, well, okay, afterwards, everybody's going to be starving to death, but what can we do? They would have to have some kind of economic plan. I can't imagine they would just neglect that area. Now, it could be because of all the money they can confiscate, because theoretically, if you can show, for example, that Bill Gates was collaborating with the Chinese and committed treason, this election fraud thing, uh, they could legally take away everything he owns. How many tens of billions would that be? Uh, The same with Jeff Bezos and the same with Zuckerberg and the same with all of them, same with Google. Uh, Besides the fact all the big bankers and investment firms like BlackRock and Vanguard, they're the really, really, really rich ones. How many trillions could you take from them and maybe pay all these debts back uh, in a not all too distant future? And and then set up the new economic system because there would be money and amazing amounts of gold there. That's the thing. If you buy gold now, which I think is a good idea. But the other hand, suppose so much gold is confiscated, gold we didn't even know existed because it's been hidden away by the Vatican and that's confiscated. Well, then the gold oh, yeah. price could actually go down because there's more of it in the market, depending, of course, also on the desire of people to have gold. I don't think it would sink to nothing. Certainly not as paper yeah. money could. But uh, yeah. you know, I personally think the, the White Hats definitely have some kind of financial plan. But whether that's yeah. going to be with the unicorns and cotton candy, you know, <laughs> interesting, too, is that they say, if you think, listen to Simon Parks, he says, yes, they're going to also forgive people's debts. Well, that's just what Klaus Schwab is saying. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's the debt forgiveness, which I don't believe in the case of the black hats. I believe it. I don't yeah. believe in the case of the white hats. It wouldn't be fair. Yeah. Because, say, you and your friend both bought a house. And your friend yeah. took out, you know, a mortgage for a hundred thousand. You paid in cash. Well, he's given then a hundred thousand dollars to pay for his house, you know, debt cancellation, and you're given nothing. Well, how's that fair? Or one person has a ten thousand dollar mortgage, a part that's supposed to be paid off, and the other fifty thousand, one's uh, given a debt pardon of ten thousand, other fifty thousand. How is that fair? I don't see that as being fair in any way, shape, or form. No, no. I and I never, I don't have any debts. Yeah. So I'm really screwed, right? Because I'm not getting anything because yeah, right. I don't have any right, debts. Yeah. Right? In other words, you're rewarding the people who went into debt, and I don't see how that could be fair. Uh, you know. No, it isn't. But let's face it, a, a system in which your creditworthiness is based on your level of debt is inherently psychotic anyway, isn't it? Uh, well, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, if, if, if I were a bank and somebody already has $100,000 of unpaid debts, I don't want to lend them a cent. Yeah, but would you? That's would you? No, but that's not quite how it works, is it? You have to have a debt history in order to get credit, at least. Yes, here in the right. States. Of course, yeah, yeah. If you don't, they they have no idea, you know, who you are. I guess. I mean, I, I don't quite understand that, you know. Well, yeah. Well, some oh, people no. say that's why you should go into debt for things you can easily pay off because then you have a history of paying off your debts, so you can easily get a credit. Sure. And that's true sure. if you don't have any bad debt history. Uh, but you don't have any debt history because you've ever been in debt, then you have a disadvantage. That's right. So Where's the I do understand that? that in a way because let's yeah. face it, among individuals, if you had money and people in your community borrowed money from you, somebody comes along, they don't have any debt history. Well, you don't know who they are. They might be one of the good that's ones exactly. who pays you off, might be somebody who would rip you off. So it's kind of understandable. Somebody else, I don't know, Luigi in your area, well, to give yeah. an Italian-American name, has yeah. been in debt 10 times, and every single time he made all his payments, will you feel more secure lending him money, right? Uh, yeah, sure, yeah. It yeah. seems kind of kind yeah. of obvious. On the other hand, you know, with all this stealing that goes on and incredible amounts of taxation, 
And so much of that money is stolen, basically. Yep. All the money that just disappears, like what was it, two trillion back 10th of September 2001 when Rumsfeld said there in some talk, yes, it seems that I think it was two trillion dollars just disappeared. Yeah, yeah, just before 9/11, how can right? Yeah, uh, well, what happened to that money? That's a big amount of money. I'm not talking about a million here, yeah. but you know, I think it was a trillion or two. It was at least a trillion. I think maybe I yeah, think it was a couple two. trillion, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, but but what happened to that? In other words, in incredible amounts of money have been stolen by system. That's yeah, not that's to exactly mention, what... yeah, not to mention, uh, say, uh, Wall Street and the the wanton speculation that it's really just like a big casino game in part. Oh, yeah. It's only no, it's... about making money, not thinking at all about what's productive for a society or for no, it's just uh, uh, let's sell, let's buy. Let's, you're just to get as much money in a day as you can. Uh, yeah. There's something wrong with that system. And, and what's wrong is not capitalism. It's the way no. it's capitalism, yeah. the way, uh, let's see, uh, what can I say? The things that in a too loose capitalistic system are allowed to happen. Yeah. Well, when That's you when what you, it is mainly when you decouple the stock market from productivity and turn it into nothing, as you pointed out exactly, so yeah. aptly, you turn it nothing more in, in, than into a casino for high rollers, right? I mean, uh, I used to work in investment banks, so I know yeah. you know that uh, basically these companies go through these great gyrations in order to raise their stock price, you know, a couple of right, points, yeah, yeah. and 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 they make millions. Right, yeah. and they don't. They don't care about what's going on with this, you know, this cockamamie scheme that they they've foisted on some third world country or whatever. All they're concerned about is, you know, uh, how much money they can make. It's uh, really so, sick. Yeah. It is. Yeah, so many things are sick in society. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing more than legalized gambling, yeah, in my opinion. And so that again, that's why I've never had any interest in it. Um, <clears throat> and as I said, it has thoroughly been, you know, it. it has nothing whatsoever to do with the productivity of this country. It is, it is, you know, they say, oh, the stock market's booming, you know, and everybody's, you know, uh, living on government handouts because they've been forced to shut their businesses for two years. Well, that clearly shows us that it has nothing to do with the average person, right? And uh, of course, yeah. And their prosperity, right? But whereas it used to, you know, at least as an ordinary citizen back in the day, you could invest in a stock and, you know, maybe make a little money, you know, because the company you invested in actually had something to offer. Yeah, know, it's profited like, thereby. like Marlboro cigarettes or something like that, you know. Back Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Or the Better Widget Company from Teaneck, New Jersey. They kept making better widgets and they made more money. Of course, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what it should be about productivity in a positive sense, of yeah, course. Yeah, and if, yeah. a, if a company is sound and they're really trying to, they have a good product and they're trying to push or whatever, and you can finance them, well, that's what healthy capitalism is about. Of course, that immediately gets to things, that's why I threw in the, the cigarette remark. You get to things that aren't so healthy or people just support things just so they can make the money. And that just seems to be human nature, unfortunately. I, I have yeah. I, I know some guy, friend of mine, he said, well, you know, he would even invest these days in cigarette companies, whatever, or arms companies, whatever, just to make more money because that's the way people can make money. You just think about himself. And uh, I can oh, understand yeah. that because in these uncertain times, uh, it might be every man for itself, for himself. Well, it, it's like uh, when we, we were in, in the Colorado after we taught our last seminar and our whole, our whole life just went up in a puff of smoke. You know, just overnight, and uh, and uh, the the woman that we had uh, had helped us arrange the seminar and who was instrumental in finding us a place we could stay, 
because our second seminar was canceled and we had nowhere to go. Her husband, lovely guy, you know, who had has had a variety of jobs, had basically started working for a marijuana company. So marijuana is legal in Colorado. So, you know, they weren't going out of business and they were not, you know, uh, they were not considered to be inessential, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and so the marijuana companies made a killing probably because people wanted to get, you know, stoned so they wouldn't have to deal with what, what was going on yeah. around them. Yeah, right. I mean, oh, uh, you know, God. alcohol sales went up tr- tremendously, you know, yeah. state run liquor stores never closed and, you know, and, you know, other liquor stores never closed. I mean, it's, uh, you, you certainly can't yeah. go wrong by, you know, catering to people's addictions either, you know, obviously, regardless of how morally yeah. questionable that might be. Well, let me ask you, within this year, how likely do you think a great financial collapse is, let's say, in the U.S.? Gosh, I don't, I don't know. I think that I think a lot depends on what happens in the next few weeks as these ripple effects from this Canadian trucker protest begin to make their, their uh, energy felt here. You know, yeah. if they're... If the, the truckers are successful in doing the same thing that the Canadian uh, convoy did and, and can penetrate D.C. and hold this government to uh, a kind of ransom, you know, maybe there's enough responsible individuals in, in our government because, of course, we don't have – we have a similar system to uh, Canada, right? We have a bicameral uh, legislature yeah. and we have an executive branch, but the – the balance of power in the bicameral legislature to here is decidedly um, split. So, you know, there's no way that that this um, tool of the globalist Biden can force the legislature to do anything they don't want. So it may be that, you know, he would be forced because, you know, the thing he just did is that he just extended the, the state of emergency here in the U.S. indefinitely. Right. So, yeah. again, now, again, that doesn't really impact a lot of people on the grassroots level because states have been dropping their muzzle mandates and their vaccine mandates left, right, and center in the last yeah. two weeks. But still, it's just the idea that, you know, just like Trudeau, you know, he is just saying, oh, yeah, no, there's definitely still a state of emergency, even though Omicron was a complete fizzle, even though, you know, uh, case numbers are dropping because people aren't having yeah. all the stupid tests, you know, that he, he feels it's his right to extend the state of emergency. So I hope somebody, you know, I hope that the a convoy can hold him to account, or at least endeavor to hold him to account. And um, Well, the fact that he's extending a state of emergencies, he's not going to make things easier for him or for his administration. No, of Biden, course no. not. Of course and not. that's why, and, and well, you know, I think, I think Biden is, is, a, is a puppet of yeah, the White exactly. Hats, actually. You know, I've expressed that view before. Yeah, I And agree. so he's I always agree. going to do things that, for example, the state of emergency, what that means is, among other things, is that the military can be used with much greater facility than otherwise if it's an emergency, right? Right. So, yeah. therefore, the White Hats would want that as well because if they're planning to do something at some time, military movements here or there, well, state yeah. of emergency, it looks more normal. If you don't state of emergency, people notice it more. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think, uh, now I don't, with the financial collapse, I see that as, could happen any day. It could also be yeah, months theory, from now. Sure. Yeah. The stock market is being artificially held up. I've, I've yeah. seen that ever since Biden supposedly came into office. Because yeah. when you have extreme leftists coming to power, the stock market naturally should go down. Because yeah. you know they're going to impose more taxes and more regulations, and they're not good yeah. for business. So, so normally, the stock market would fall then. 
but it didn't yeah. fall. It kept going up. And that was a sign to me. One side or the other is artificially holding up the stock market, you know, yeah. by making the right kinds of investments, pumping a lot of money in, in certain directions. Now, which side that is, uh, I don't know, but somebody's doing it. That's very, very plain. Uh, but I think some kind of crash could I think it's over 50% probable within this year, probably 70% probable, I would say, 60, 70% probable. But let's talk about, suppose a big crash comes. In other words, suppose people wake up tomorrow or next week or next month and the Dow Jones has basically crashed and everything has crashed. Uh, what are people going to do? Well, they're going to start selling, selling, selling their stocks, first yeah. of all. Then the bank runs begin. And what does that lead to? chaos and collapse of course well collapse of all the banks because the money is yeah. not in the banks that money does yeah. not exist and people some people don't realize this they think if a bank takes in 10 million dollars well somewhere and they say if they have 10 million dollars uh, or they lend it out you know lend out 5 million or whatever but you know if a bank has 10 million they can lend out 100 million most of the money just exists when you know in ledgers yeah <laughs> there is no money to to support that so if enough people go to the bank and I don't mean everybody, I don't know what the percentage is, it could just be 20 or 30% of the people and they take out all their money, the banks all collapse and then nobody can get their money. People lose everything. And if that's combined yeah. with hyperinflation as well, we're looking yeah. at uh, you know Germany during the 1920s. Yep, get that wheelbarrow for your cash so you can go buy a loaf of bread. Absolutely. Exactly, exactly, that's what we'd be looking at. Now, yeah. I think that the Alliance has some kind of economic plan there. I can't imagine they would lead the world in that direction. Uh, but yeah. we don't know for sure. And uh, that's why I tell people they should stock up on food at least for a couple of weeks, if not <laughs> a couple of months, because you don't know. Because when this happens, the supply chain is going to break down. If the, you know, yeah. if the banks are all closed, nobody can pay. Who's going to pay the truckers to deliver the food? Who's going to pay the companies for the food? Who's going to who's going to do anything? And then the stores close too because there are no supplies. There's there's no food to buy, and then people start starving. Yeah. And then you have to have the military just to distribute food. And if if it's the bad guys controlling the military, uh, then what do you have? Then the people. Oh, you want your food? Okay, but you have to get vaxxed first. So, <laughs> well, that, that's a bleak prospect, isn't it? Yeah. So all Absolutely. kinds of things can happen, and we've been on the verge of of total collapse for some time now. But this year. It's practically imminent unless there's some kind of plan to see that that doesn't happen. I have no idea what that could be. Could it be Gesara and Nasara and the unicorns? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It could be some. I think it's something between the two extremes. I think truth almost always lies somewhere in the middle between the extremes, at least in my experience in life. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, there'll be certain people who who will have, you know, gotten off the grid and maybe, you know, they're growing their own food and, and – uh, Lucky them, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I'm not in that their, group, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, bartering within their communities, you know. Um, uh, it's insane. It's, it's, uh, and, of course, this is the thing about, uh, you know, we're talking about people taking their money and turning, converting them into gold and silver. Uh, but people, a lot of people are in crypto, and I mean, it's like, well, you know, what happens with crypto if, you know, the... Uh, the internet goes down right? or, or <laughs> goodbye crypto the, yeah yeah or the uh, you know the power goes out for any protracted period of time you know that's the other thing so uh, no i don't as trust I said, crypto I, I just don't don't trust it 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, I have some ether. I did an experiment a few years ago, and at first I thought, oh, I, I lost 500 bucks, but thanks to the ether I had now, I've, I've regained that. I, I could sell it off. I thought, what, devil, it's only like, I don't know, it, maybe it's up to value 600, five, 600. I thought, oh, I'll keep it there. Just curiosity, see where it goes. But in general, yeah. invest a lot of money in crypto. My God, there's just, you know, a great sun activity. And because of, you know, electromagnetic pulses from the sun or whatever, uh, or from hostile governments, all the all the computers are wiped clean or in large part. And how do you get your crypto? What is that exactly? It's numbers on a computer. You know, I, and then I'd rather have a huge stock of food, right? I mean, that's something you can eat and live on, but, you know, uh, I, with the crypto thing, I mean, it could be, well, wrong there, and it could be, some people have made, of course, Bitcoin fortunes, but also the volatility of it, that it goes, oh, it's, look, it's $60,000, and a few weeks, oh, now it's down to $40,000, and it could be down to $40 before you know it. You, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And so I just don't... Uh, Trust the whole concept, basically. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I, I remain skeptical about it. It is, you know, it's even more questionable than, than fiat currency. And that's yeah. questionable because it's just paper. It's just paper yeah. that they print. And how much does it cost to print a $100 bill? But that, that shows you how much nerve these people have. I remember reading an article like 10, 12 years ago that they were thinking in America of not minting any more pennies. Because of the copper content, a penny to mint costs like not one cent. It costs like 1.2 cents. So they're actually losing money making pennies. Yeah. But then I thought, how much does it cost to print a $100 bill? And it was like, you know, 20 cents or whatever. So there they're yeah. gaining $99.80, right? And a yeah. $10 bill, it costs like a fraction of a dollar to print those. But they're losing a little on pennies, so maybe we shouldn't make pennies. Well, you know, there's something wrong with that thinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, it reminds me of the 60s. That. Remember that? When I used to, uh, the silver coins, like early 60s. Oh, look, it's a, the first Kennedy half dollar. It was a yeah. high silver content. But then like a year or yeah. two later, oh, look, now it's only partials, partially silver. And yeah. by something in 1969, there was no silver. I forget exactly the year they changed it. Yeah. So they phased out silver. So at first the money had a real value, but then they sold to it. It had practically no value. You should yeah. see the Japanese yen, like the one yen. Piece. Well, that's worth yeah. like less than a penny, but yeah. it's it's it seems fake. It's so light. It's like weighs a fraction of our cent. It's smaller than that. It's yeah. I don't know what some kind of aluminum is made out of. I don't know what it exactly. It is so light. Is this just seems like monopoly money or something? Yeah. And that's how the government rips people off. It's one of the many ways. And this all has to collapse. All these things, the financial system, uh, it, it has to collapse. Uh, and uh, it's really worrisome. And I think most people have no idea that the collapse is imminent. And they have no idea what the collapse means. Either think, they, well, maybe like 2008, the collapse. No, it won't be like that. It'll be like worse than 1929. And to think that their world power, well, world powers, uh, World Economic Forum, that really want that collapse, that they're actually working towards that collapse. So they have their great reset one world government. That's really scary. But on the other hand, the alliance they need that collapse as well to implement anything new because the whole system is so corrupt and so wrong and so messed up that sooner or later it has to collapse. Then it gets really scary. See, again, you and I have talked about this with, in connection with the, the genocide. You know, there's a, 
there's arguably a perceived problem of overpopulation. So how do you go about solving that problem? You know, yes. do, you, do you, you know, if you're the good guys, you say, well, you know, uh, you'll just have to find them a bigger planet or, you know, or, you, or do you <laughs> well, say, that's, Oh no, we'll, yeah. that's we'll let these yeah. <laughs> bigger planet with higher gravity. So people well, that's what be... some of the bad guys say. Oh, yeah, in the future, <laughs> uh, Jeff Bezos said that in the future, uh, people can live on Mars. We're going right, to build colonies yeah. on Mars. Uh, you know, how, how many things are wrong with that idea? How uh, many quadrillions would cost to ship 5 billion people to Mars? How long is it yeah. going to take to make all this technology do it? How are you going to make Mars friendly for living? And above all, then... In anything resembling democracy, how are you going to convince the people, I know you like living in Hanover, PA, but now you're going to Mars? Uh I mean, anybody that says such a thing has to be a psychopath, has to be insane. And maybe Jeff Bezos is partially insane. I don't know. But anybody that says that, if they're not saying it as a joke and he wasn't, there's something wrong with them mentally. Or they suffer so much from hubris that they think they can work wonders uh, what's the average person going to say? You know, I, my mother, for example, she's born in Hanover, PA, and she died in Hanover, PA. For 13 years, she lived in Baltimore, where she met my father and everything. That's where I was born and grew up. But, you know, she loved Hanover, PA. She she died within, what, maybe 100 meters of where she was born because we live right next to the hospital. And if somebody had come <laughs> and said, well, man, we have a good deal for you. We're going to give you $10,000. Oh, really? For what? We're going to go live on Mars. I can't even imagine what her reaction would have been. <laughs> you know? On Mars, she wouldn't want to go live in Gettysburg, and that's 14 miles from Hanover, PA. <laughs> and, and now they're telling her she's going to go live on Mars? I mean, anybody yeah. that says, in the future, we're just going to take all these people, and they're going to live on Mars, the translation of that is we're going to kill them off. Because even if they put them in some kind of ships and take them to space, they're going to dump them out into space, then come back for more. I mean, it's you know, just so obvious. <laughs> and the people listen to these things. And don't see what's going on uh, is another sign of the stupidity of the masses. And, uh, you know, I know that makes me sound like a, a misanthrope. And you ever yeah. wonder, you know, Justin Trudeau, he might criticize those truckers, some of some of which are racist and misogynist, right? Yeah. yeah we take any group of a thousand people, you're going to have some misogynist racist. But first of all, that's not against the law to be a racist misogynist if you're not attacking people for it, right? You can't no, burn cross yeah. on people's lawns, but you can say, I hate anybody. Why, why do these politicians never a- attack the group that's really the worst of all? They're the misanthropes. They hate the blacks. They hate the whites. They hate the Chinese. They hate themselves. Aren't they the yeah. worst of the worst? We, well, we should sure, do a comic and, sort of talk about that. Or maybe I'll yeah, do it and, they use this, and they use these epithets to demonize their Of opponents. course, that's what it's all about. And the people don't yeah. see that immediately realize it. Uh, I mean, I never had much faith in the majority of people because I see how dumb mankind is in general. But these last two years have put me on the border of becoming a misanthrope Yeah, yeah no, and saying, hey, if they could send me to some other planet where they have sensible aliens, if, I were, if it were proven to me they really are there, the aliens waiting for me with open arms, I might actually go there, just get away from humans. That's how bad yeah, it's sure. getting. I say that humorously because yeah, yeah. I don't want to leave the earth for anything, really. I was born here. I'm going to die here. <laughs> <laughs> Not in Hanover, PA. I'm in Japan. Okay, I got about as far away as you get from that. <laughs> yeah. But, and nothing against Hanover. It's a great little town. But uh, yeah. I just want to you know, see the world live in other places. But uh, sure. really, the people don't see what's going on. And this financial thing, too, the people don't see that the whole financial system is built on sand. Yeah. It's a fundament of, of, of sand. They don't see that. They don't see how imminent this collapse could be just amazes me that they think, oh, but in, well, this is all political. It'll get back to normal. 
I do agree with Klaus Schwab about one thing. He said, you know, uh, it's never going to be the way it was before. I totally agree with him there. I said that from the beginning, from November 4th, 2020, the day after the election, when I recognized what had happened, I said things will never go back to the way they were before. Yeah. And if, the, we have, if it goes his way, look out. Yeah. We're in big, big trouble. If it yeah. goes the way of the alliance, we could see we could be facing a really much better future, but the birth pains are going to be great. Yeah, well, as I know I've mentioned to you on numerous occasions, the whole notion of eschatology on this, you know, if this is the best that we can do, then we deserve to perish, right? I mean, if this is the, this world, which is so corrupt and so fatally flawed and, and clearly in the thrall of malign forces you know we don't necessarily want to use the the e word or the d word but you know uh, they're out there and uh, i mean if this is really our destiny as a species to descend into this technocratic slavery willingly blindly you know uh without even looking back to say gee what have we surrendered in order to to achieve this you know uh, a based state, then you know maybe we deserve to perish. Maybe that's it. Say this is the this is the crucible. I think of uh, um, our evolution as a species, and yes. uh, the, it, there's simply no way that it can be a seamless. Clearly, it hasn't been seamless. Uh, a seamless or necessarily a, a pleasant transition. I don't think there's any way. And the odds are greater than ever. Yeah, yeah. They could not be greater. Now, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that um, everybody is going to suffer from that, you know. But uh, but certainly there, you know, there are things that one needs to be aware of. And this, you know, I, I joked with you, you know, about buying gold, you know, buying gold eagles and saying, oh yeah, I've got my whole life savings in a sock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I can go out and kill zombies with it if necessary. <laughs> yeah, right. I remember talking about that. Right? Uh, now, that's that's money in a very practical sense. It's gold that's and right. silver. It'll always have a value. And yeah. and if you have a sturdy sock, you can put in a leather sack or something, swing it around and, and kill any aggressors yep. they come to. I mean, that's yep. money. That's the kind of money I, I like, you know, that kind of that's idea. Right. With that, I had yeah. so much money, I could have a great stock of gold and silver enough to fill a couple yeah. of those socks. Couple of socks. There you go. With my luck, yeah, the damn I mean, sock would break, and the gold would go <laughs> flying, and the zombie would pick it up, and running away with it. And I'm too old right. to catch even a zombie, so you know what? The, well, no, actually, I could catch. A zombie, I think you but, could catch a zombie. I think yeah, but then, I, yeah, oh, damn. But but this obviously is is a very a very peculiar notion for a lot of people because you think, oh, I've got you know what fifty grand in the bank. That's that's a substantial amount of money. And you think, okay, well, now I'm going to convert that into coins. And then, you know, you end up with a handful of coins. You think, wow. <laughs> it's just a handful of coins. I don't have money in the bank. But what's in the bank? It's just numbers on a piece of paper. Exactly. Because even I the know, money doesn't it, exist there. It's just, you know, so, yeah, yeah. It's, but, but it's that's still the, something I think a lot of people would have a little difficulty wrapping their brain around that, only just because of the way we've come to think of. It's indoctrination. You know, yeah, the money's yeah, safer sure. in the bank. Whether the money really exists in the bank or not, it's safer in the bank, right? Yeah, I mean, Just I imagine experiment America, in one town. You take a small town. I don't know, if, as, well, big enough to have a bank. I don't know, say eight thousand people. I don't know how big a town is. Speed up a bank, but they have just one bank there. And you do an yeah. experiment. You say, people, let's do an experiment now. You plan it through internet or whatever. 
but you have to keep it secret. On the other hand, the bank people can't find out. Everybody in the town goes and tries to take their money out of that bank the same day. See what happens at that bank. And see how many people it takes taking out their money, depending on how much money they have, of course. Before a bank says, oh, we have no much money. We'll have to, we'll have to order it from a, from a, yeah, come back in two days, right? In other words, the first person goes in and say, oh, I'd like my $1,000. Say, okay, no problem. Somebody wants 10000 Well, okay, sign here. And ten thousand. But then another person, another person, how many people have to do that before the bank just says to everybody else on that day, uh, well, I'm sorry, we don't have it here, but come back in a few days. Yeah, Wouldn't sure. be an interesting yeah. experiment? We yeah. should start that, really. Yeah. Of course, if we plan it through internet, the people in the bank would learn of that, and then they'd order the money in advance. Oh, let's, we better stock up. Yeah. And the larger banks would support them because they don't want that to be known what would happen. But I'll tell you what would happen. The bank basically would collapse. They'd still have their doors open. Say, oh, yeah, in three days, come back. We're going to have it here in, in three days, but we don't have it now. That's what would happen. Yeah, we've got to have the the federal mint printed up, and then we'll have it for you. Yeah, well, let's just print up some more, and then uh, yeah. Oh, it's so disgusting. Well, anyway, I guess we could yeah. end this talk now. Uh, people, yeah, yeah. A, a disclaimer at the end this time: we're not financial advisors. We're not telling you either to buy gold or to take your money out the bank or to do that. You can decide that. But we are saying it looks really looks like, and that's what certain experts like uh, Leslie Manukian was saying, or Catherine Austin Fitz. A uh, big collapse is more probable than it has been in our lifetimes and i'm 66 so people you make your financial decisions however you want but uh, at least part of your money put into food for at least a few weeks calculate how much you and your family need to survive because when really big things happen this could be life saving and i'm not exaggerating there no no definitely not hopefully big things like when that scale don't happen and nobody has such problems, but it can happen very, very quickly. Yeah. So uh, we'll end that here. Michelangelo, any uh, any final No, comments? I mean, I remember when this, this first went down two years ago, I, I said, said to Mary Elizabeth, I said, okay, let's get all the money out and put it in the mattress. <laughs> you know, because uh, I, I, I really saw, you know, this apocalyptic scenario and, you know, the collapse yeah. of civilization, you know, yeah. uh, Free, free race of exchange can still exist, you know, whether it be barter or recognition. Well, of course, the banks collapse, but you have cash. Cash could be worth more than it was before for a while. Exactly, unless hyperinflation right. exactly. eats it up because most yeah. people won't have cash and you will. So you can still buy in the black market, whatever is there. When hyperinflation yeah. sets in, then the cash itself isn't worth money. Then that's time to get out your silver coins and start selling them on the black market or wherever. And then yeah. they'll be worth five to ten times more. So you can actually survive then, but uh, yeah, just find a bunch of wrappers and send, sell them the gold, and you'll probably do really well. Uh, yeah, they yeah. like that. They like that gold jewelry. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> well, you know, I I could have said if I were a rapper, I'd say yeah, and you some of you Italian guys too, right? You're yeah, that's right, the Italian guys. guys so. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I could hurl it right, back at you that, there, but I'm not a rapper, so big, I won't say that. <laughs> we got that big medallion with Saint Christopher on it. Yeah, I like that. I like. It yeah, we never really existed, but we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they said what end of sixties? Well, he probably didn't exist. Probably just a legend. But my mother still had the Saint Christopher statue, that little plastic thing with a magnet, you know, put in the car dash. Yeah. Board whenever we took a trip to Hanover, PA from Baltimore, 40 that's miles, right. but you, you want your St. Christopher there, right? That's right. You never got lost, see? So he did his job. And yeah, that's true. <laughs> we never got lost between Baltimore and Hanover because my father knew the way in his sleep. So, so I guess that's why. Even I could have found it as a kid, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
So, so oh, yeah. Well. So as ever, a, a very stimulating discussion. Uh, you know, as I said before, money's never been one of my primary motives in life. Nor has one it been must mine. Uh, isn't one it? must needs be prepared for it. Okay, that's lives. another talk we get into sometime. Uh, why some yeah. people are just interested in money and some people aren't. That'd be a really yeah. good thing to, to talk about. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe invite some rich person to enter the conversation and oh, yeah. get your standpoint. We'll uh, I had to look down my list of friends, but uh, I think there's a, a definite dearth of, of rich people in that list. But uh, but there are some, come to think of it, yes. I don't think they'd like to talk to us about that, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, because see, to them, that's that's all there is, you understand? Yes, of course. Yeah, that's that's uh, so. We were uh, we were in Venice, uh, California, a few years ago teaching, and we went into this one store, and you know they had some nice stuff, sunglasses, and we started talking to this guy, and he says, "Oh yeah," he says, "You know, uh, he said I used to work uh, in finance, you know, and uh, I would go out with these guys, we'd go out to lunch, and he said all they would do was talk about money. He said it was so boring. They said they were so boring." He said, I finally said I couldn't stand anymore. I quit. He said, I became an artist and now I'm living in Venice. And I thought, okay, well, now this is someone who, you know, whether he's wealthy or not, you know, he, yeah. he chose a life that, you know, was rewarding to him on an emotional level. And yeah, well, we'll get into that sometime because that's a very yeah, interesting sure. thing. And maybe I'll play devil's advocate, pretend that I'm the rich person and sure, play yeah. devil's advocate there. But anyway, with that tangent, because we all, always go off on a tangent and I just love them. <laughs> yeah, and I hope so the listeners say to do you, too. Sorry. So what we'd say to you, dear friends, is do research this. Uh, you know, don't take yes. our word for it, but but look Think at some it. of the the wise people out there talking about this possibility, and then make your own intelligent decisions about and how put you the pieces together. It. Right. Well, thank yeah. you very much, Michelangelo. Until the next time. Thank you, my friend, and uh, I'll look forward to next time. Ciao okay. for now. Bye now. <laughs>